Ngashukuti nesamisikithu noko sesondela manje sesondela sesondela makwe I don't know man what must the children eat uh, you know these recalls over the last while if you're a investor in tiger brands you you must be fretting uh, how much scrutiny uh, will I guess hover over them now uh, but uh, I'm sitting here I probably think they are potentially not the only ones potentially they're not but what's interesting is that one of the most important things they had to tell us is that they don't expect this to have any financial implications or affect their earnings going what forward. Mean? What does that mean, Mark? Because, because four years back, guys, remember the the process meet the story, the stories, it cost them quite a lot of money. But all the guys are saying is that they were just telling us as shareholders that, yeah, we are recording all this, but don't worry. Is Tiger Brands is Angoma? <laughs> no, I'm asking, I mean, what, what is it that they see in their crystal ball? Because I remember, uh, I think their CEO was one McDougal at the time. I forget his first name. Um, and he was playing this down. I mean, at the end of it, we saw 200 people dead in the wake of what happened. Um, and I'm not sure if I can trust them saying, look, this is not going to have an impact on the numbers. Um, yeah, I want to see what kind of infant mortality might accompany this one. Hope we don't get that, you know, because then that are on time. And then people take back the stock, but something has to give. We cannot continue. I mean, where are the health inspectors mm. in cases like this? Because people just have to be fined. This is not a small uh, uh, player. The guy has got a huge balance sheet. They've been in the industry for years. They cannot just be making mistakes like that as if they're a startup. So, so I mean, as you say, Mark, I mean, not so long ago, I think around 2019 or so, they also had the recall of the Aku and Hugo's canned vegetable products. Before then, it was the listeriosis thing. And I think one of our listeners was also saying it was a noodles thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Ongoing investigation into deaths associated with two-minute noodles. Um, I mean, effectively, wait, let me just count now. It's the noodles, it's the canned <laughs> veggies, it's the baby powder, it's... The Russians yeah, and the Peroni. In less than about five years, you've had four product recalls. I mean, something is wrong. It just tells you that two things are not in order. It just tells you that that whole thing is no longer working the way it used to. People are probably chasing production volumes, trying to compete probably with some cheap imports. As a result, the guys are having some serious steps when it comes to the whole value chain of processing or manufacturing, whatever needs to be manufactured. And the question here is quality control. Mm. Probably it is failing when it comes to stuff like that. And we never used to have stuff like this. The guys used to be trusted. So now it means now and then you should be expecting that whatever you're buying that belongs to them with the potential that it can be recalled. It's not okay for them for their... I don't think it's okay. Yeah, You know, Mark, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, just in relation to the point you were making earlier on, and uh, I was saying in my introduction tonight that um, the responsibility of regulating food safety from a government perspective sits with local government. Here's, here's an interesting one. So uh, I'm taking this from the city of Chwane, and they say that their environmental health section is supposed to regulate the production, storage, processing, distribution, and sale of food. 
okay. should be safe, wholesome and fit for human consumption. Uh, and they do this by evaluating food premises, transportation vehicles, and they issue uh, certificates of acceptance. They examine samples. They analyze these samples of foodstuffs, examine food labels, um, you know, and um, do all manner of these kinds of things. If we can have four recalls in five years, clearly something is not happening. Definitely. And number one, I think it's an issue to find a way to bypass. Mm. If, if, if people can do that to get an ACBS, mark of an approval, then how about yeah. an inspector who's working for the municipality? Sure. And I'm not with due respect, but probably capacity is an issue. Or even you sit there, then you're talking to some whatever food technologist, you know, telling you X, Y, Z. And <clears throat> I mean, if you're not that experienced, definitely they will just manage to get away with matter. I think you're right, Marco. I mean, the capacity issues that you're flagging. You know, if uh, the South African Bureau of Standards doesn't have that capacity, I mean, how much more for some municipality, you know, alongside a factory in Bukwanebo-Pirima somewhere, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it speaks volumes. Um, how did the share price respond to this? It dropped almost 10%, but it recouped some of the losses. And then it was, I think, down almost 4.6%. Mm-hmm. But that was just a knee-jerk reaction. And to that point, that uh, this guy, Abu Sangoma, for them to tell us that they don't expect mm-hmm. to see some serious financial implication. Let's see how this story unfolds. The more we see that lots of things have to be recalled, then definitely shareholders will react accordingly. Sure. Yeah, hey, only time. The embarrassment. Time. You know, forgetting about the share price, forget about the money issue. It's just an embarrassment. Mm, mm, mm. Look, I mean, the other thing, um, Mark, where that uh, I guess comes to mind uh, for this one is. You know, um, as a company, I mean, how did they respond to the first issue around listeriosis uh, insofar as their product categories and brands are concerned? Um, because one understands that, I guess, the uh, market capitalization, they took somewhat of a beating over, you know, uh, how that particular situation unfolded. Yes, and in every other that business, mm. I think, ultimately. And for them to do that, it just shows you that probably they couldn't come with some mitigation, you know, a factor to be able to make sure that something like that doesn't continue to happen. I mean, if it was a business that was doing very well, if you just had a mishap like that, why don't you rebuild it and continue to make money out of that? We know that industry is doing very well. People are buying a French and Berlin. You can argue whether the other cheap imports that you guys are using on your... Is this an e-quarter? On your quarter, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it generally just shows you that there must be something that we have realized that we don't think we can be able to contain or be mm. able to make sure that something like this doesn't happen in future. Yeah. Que- why didn't they sell why didn't they sell that other one of the veggies, the cool? This is the question. This yes. is the question. I mean that one there in the Western Cape, no? Yeah, so the fruit one, one, yeah, the yeah, canned fruit. Exactly. Makwe, let's take a look at another story here, which uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, talking about vegetables and fruits and so on. Export of citrus has um, yeah, come into some hurdles in the, the Eurozone. Uh, if it's not, you know, um, issues of phytosanitary standards, citrus black spot, uh, mod... Uh, some, when somebody explained it to me, I didn't know what this was. Mod coddling. What is it? Moth... Yes, Kosiam. Yeah, that thing. Uh, It's clear, I mean, there's all manner of barriers that are facing many of the citrus exporters. And uh, we also hear uh, that only a fifth of them are going to be able to break uh, even from this year's harvest. 
You know, I think, uh, and if you relate that to that, you don't just spoke about, these guys are just being too hard and too strict on themselves. Because after detecting that, then they volunteered and say, listen, we're going to stop doing this. Other countries, other people don't do that. They continue to send stuff through to us. And which is a good thing coming from the industry. I mean, ethically, it's right. You know that you've got what you call it, the black pox or whatever it is. You know mm-hmm. that it's not okay. That we cannot be exporting this. But yes, we know we've got other problems anyway. Given the problems that they've been facing, remember there is this other regulation that the guys are forced to put the oranges in the cold room for a certain period, and apparently it's not supposed to be like that. But given all these other challenges that they're facing, somebody else who's not ethical, they will just overlook, you know, this whole thing about the black pox and continue to be exported. But the guys are just being ethical, but unfortunately it's going to impact on the growers. And anyway, the very same growers that we've been saying, they've been having their own challenges. I mean, what was very interesting was to see that it caused them twice as much as it caused them to produce mm. the shipment. I mean, if the shipment costs you almost twice of what it costs you to produce for a year, then that just tells you that input costs continue to go up, shipment costs because of the supply chain stories, sure, people are sure. taking advantages of that, and then they're just charging ridiculous prices. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, some of those uh, prices uh, can't really be passed on to consumers because uh, the price environment for some of these citrus variants, lemons, oranges, grapefruit, and so on, haven't experienced as much price growth as maybe the price of, you know, container shipping or the price of some of the yeah. inputs like fertilizer that goes into the production of there's uh, citrus. There's a very important industry. I mean, apparently the guys are saying that are uh, paying almost 130,000 people. Mm. I mean, they're contributing almost 80 billion rent. I mean, that's substantial. Yo, yo, yo. Makwe, let's leave uh, that one just for a second. Um, it seems there are new developments in uh, the ongoing price bidding war for Royal Bafuking Platinum between Northern Platinum and Impala. I think Northern Platinum must just chill. And <laughs> the reason I'm saying that, <laughs> excuse my language, but the reason I'm saying that, the both parties had an equal opportunity to increase their stake mm. by buying in the open market. And we know that Northam tried to be clever because they got the breaking of the holding company, which is Royal Bafuken Holdings. You know, then because initially Royal Bafuken Holdings, they were not picking up this whole thing of Impala, but Impala continued to go into the open market to buy the shares. Mm. My point is Northam sitting at 35, uh, Impala sitting at 40% stake, they still have an opportunity, even today, to continue to buy those shares in the open market to increase their stake to whatever level. And they should get to a point where if they are not happy with the price, then they can block the transaction if need be. But this whole thing of daily darling and saying, no, 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 it's not right. And competition issues, stuff like that, that, that can impact the junior miners. I mean... In an industry which is struggling, it's easy to see real consolidation happening. Those junior miners were there because platinum prices at some point were just over that other side of a thousand US dollars. But now, given what is happening with this whole PGF because of the possible that might be there, 
understand the process up. I mean, it makes sense that there has to be some consolidation. Mm. People, have to, people have to buy out each other. But nothing, even today, guys, or tomorrow morning, get into the open market and buy. And yeah, but also, market, you know, Mark, I mean, it's the point you're raising, right? People, Mali needs, man. It seems there's a lot of money because of um, the favorable price environment. And... Uh, People are really going, you know, gung-ho here. I mean, saw a sense announcement over the last day or so where Impala Platinum was saying they've now sort of, they've been buying a lot of the shares in uh, Royal Bafukeng and now hovering around 40%. Northam has about 35%. And I shudder to think that even after this sort of price and bidding war, that uh, these two entities might, um, I guess, uh, be sitting in the uh, shareholding of uh, a Royal Buffer King Platinum and uh, might have to work alongside one another after uh, this very long and drawn-out process? You know, I, putting money aside, you know, business-wise, it makes sense for Impala to buy a Royal Buffer King. Mm. There are some serious images. There are some serious vertical integration that will be happening there. Not only something else. So, at the end of the day, this will be beneficial not just for shareholders, but also for the very same workers, because then the lives as well of those operations can to be extended as well. Mm. Mark, what? Because that's yeah. next to each other. No, no, sorry, please go ahead. That's just next to each other in Bala and the Royal Bafukian Platinum operations. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe then uh, just the last one, and uh, we'll certainly continue to follow that one closely out in the uh, western limb of the platinum belt. Uh, but uh, as we wrap up, acting DG at the National Treasury, yeah, he's in the news a lot of late, uh, Momo. And uh, this time around saying, hey, uh, you might have to shoulder an increase in VAT or increase in income taxes because we're definitely not going to touch corporate income tax. And uh, also a wealth tax might be a bit difficult to administer, but also it won't bring in enough money. You know what, he must be careful, you know, with his comments because he'll continue to act for a long time. You know, we need that money for basic, basic income grant. And yes, the only option is not just moving the taxes. And I think it's kind of misleading. Yes, we know that we cannot, because I think the corporate tax is going down to 27%. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's not right to keep on increasing taxes, especially when people are struggling. And it's right, that is another issue. And yes. Wealth tax can only raise a certain amount, you know, cannot be relied on. And we're looking for almost 90 billion, you know. But why don't they also look at this other part that they've been spending money bailing out some state owned enterprises, you know, left, right, and center? Why that kind of thing is not to be attended to? Because financing a project and that is a crazy thing does not necessarily mean you have to raise a tax for a project. You can do some reallocation. Mm. Here we had some reallocation that we had. Aya, when you guys came with that 500 billion stimulus. Some of it, I think the new money in that whole 500 billion, new money was just under 100 billion. But the other money was moving things around. So yeah, all I'm yes, saying yeah. Things can be moved around, and it's just so wrong to allow this guy to mislead us. That you want basic income grant, then be prepared to have an increase when it comes to your vet. And he's taking a number like 3% or your personal income tax. Mm. I think we have to yeah. get to a point that we just have to rethink all these things. Mark- Some of this money that I'm spending is not worth it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, some of the monies that are going go SAA and so on. But we'll have to leave it there, Mark, for tonight. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Alistoli. <laughs>